Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. So, hour number two of Oilers Now. 106 at Edmonton. Oilers Now brought to you daily on 6.30 Chad by Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operator place to buy office technology and software. That's my Lindsay Nelson there for you. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063. Text us, and we got a ton of texts in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally at Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan at uh, Brendan Escott. Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's, and Sportsnet Spec. That's how you get hold of Mark Spector. Japanese Village open to serve you to any one of their five Edmonton and area locations with Alberta steak and tasty Seafood cooked right at your table. Reservations now available. Go online at jvedmonton.ca. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta presenting live racing Friday and Sunday evening. Spectators limited at this time, but you can go online at hbibet.com to watch and wager. Just before we bring in Mark. Here we go. Camrose Flint says this to say, let's imagine Yesapoliarvia uh, yes, is our 14th this year, arguably better and sooner ready than anyone we can draft in the first round. Then trade the real 14th for Darcy Camper. Sound good? I believe 21-year-old uh, Yessie speaking good English now will redeem himself. Mark, uh, Poliarvi has 22 points in exhibition games. However... It has been pointed out by a Finnish friend of ours that he got five points uh, in games against a team called Rovana Neiman and Kai, uh, Kaijan, uh, both in the Finnish league, and they are not in the league up. They're actually clubs that play in what's known as the Mestis. It is a step below the SM Liga. They, the players that he was playing against are not full-time professionals. Uh, so I know there's a lot out there in Yesapoliarvi. We don't agree on everything, but I'm going to have a feeling we might be agreeing on this one because there is a sentiment from some that the Oilers should just bring Poliarvi back and plank him on the right side of Connor McDavid's line. How would you handle Yesapoliarvi, Mark Spector? Well, it's, this is an age-old theory, you know, that uh, that you and I never hold. That that people, players who come in with a reputation, should just get to play on the first line and just walk to the front of the line inside that dressing room and be a top player, whether or not they've earned it or not. And you know, if you're around a hockey team, you know that that it's one thing to give a guy a chance and. You got to have if if you do something with that chance, there you, you go. can justify it. There you but go. But it's quite another to be a guy that walked away from your hockey team to be a guy that's really struggled in the NHL and and not quite got there yet. You probably don't just walk in the door and the coach doesn't give you the top job of the team because that's that's a good way to lose the rest of the team. So I don't think that's going to happen, Bob. I think it's the last thing I want to say is I, I saw Ryan Richard talking about the possibility of maybe even trading. Uh, Pulley Arby, and you know yeah. we're talking about a lack of Oilers draft picks. Um, you know that maybe the possibility exists. What if you get a second and a third for Pulley Arby? Maybe now you can trade that 14th overall. What about that? 
Oh, I, that's an option. And, I mean, Mark, I brought up Alice Hemsky, you know, because you and me kind of cut our teeth in the 03, 04, and, 04, and then the lockout year. Yeah, we had a lot of conversations about Hemsky. And, and he had 34 points as a rookie, which was a decent rookie year, and he was not full-time in MACD's top six. But I think mm. you and me both knew that the team had the team had a lot of grit and character but didn't have a lot of skill, and they were going to need Hemsky in their top six moving forward when we came out of the lockout. And guess what? He ran with it when he got it. Look at Yamamoto. Uh, I wanted Yamamoto up earlier. I didn't think he'd kill it the way he killed it, but the fact is he came up, and he was fantastic when he came up and earned the respect of all of his teammates in the process for his two-way game. Because even though he brought the offense, he was very good. Mark, he was plus 16 five-on-five. Five. <laughs> so it's pretty tough to argue with that over a 27-game run. Paul Yarby, unfortunately, he's had glimpses. He's had glimpses, but he hasn't been able to sustain it. So uh, I, I do think, like, I wouldn't give up on him yet. But what I would say is I think there's some I, – I think with some of the fans – the overrate, how good, like 75% on the, the player, 25% on the team. And you said something here. You said he kind of quit on the team. And it, when you have that scenario happen, the coach just, a player can't be rewarded for taking his puck and going home for a year, can he? Well, reward him if you want. But, you know, anyone who's been inside the teams and inside a dress room, and this isn't me saying I played in the NHL, but I spent enough time around NHL players to know, you know, how things like this work most times and he's got some proving to do you know these guys are these guys are bought into a program here and they're not just on the perimeter they're guys like chase on assigned deals here he could have signed elsewhere you know cassian's here he signed mcdavid's long term dry settles on these guys are here and they wanted this thing to go forward and this kid came in and he he walked away and said ah I'm not in on this thing. I'm out of here. I want to get traded away. Well, now he finds himself back in the dressing room, and it's uncomfortable. So, you know, that's an issue that that can be solved. And they'll, you know, if it's a good team with good leadership, and I think it is, they'll welcome this guy back, and they'll they'll guys like McDavid and Drysaddle, who are the leaders and nurse, they'll lay down a, a atmosphere in which he can re-earn the trust and become a good player. But it doesn't just happen the first day you walk in the door. It's got to get earned. All right. This text is going to fire you up, Speck. Didn't Milan Lucic just walk in as a signed free agent and get a chance to be on the first line? What did Cassian or Archibald or Ratty or Chason do to get on the first line? Nobody's saying Jesse should go straight to the first line, but maybe the invisible ceiling preventing Jesse from playing there could disappear and he could get the same chances as some of these other proven guys, unproven guys. Well, in Lucic's case, he had been a top six forward his entire career. From, you know, was what at, at that, you know, let's not have revisionist history here. When the Oilers signed him, and there was lots of concern from the analytics guys that there'd be a drop-off that ultimately did come. But at that time, he was a top six player. And Chase on played his way up from a fourth liner. Uh, Ratty couldn't sustain it. He played his way down after getting a quick look. And, and in fairness to Cassian, five on five, He's been a decent player. He had a bad playoff, but in the regular season, he's been a decent player for a couple of years now, Mark. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? There's a couple oh. things here. I guarantee you this. McDavid's the best player in the team. If he wanted Pugliarvi as his winger, he'd have him as his winger tomorrow. Okay? If he said to the coach, give me this guy, I want this guy, he'd have the guy. That's how hockey teams work. When the best guy wants a winger, he gets the winger. So 
those folks out there who are who are maybe under some impression that McDavid's dying to have Pujarvi on his wing. I'm telling you, if he was, he'd be there. So that's the place to start. What McDavid needs is a, is a real, legit, you know, top six winger. If he had Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the left side, Bob, then you, that's where a Cassian, that's where a Chase on, that's where that role guy on the other side fits great. Sure. But when Cassian's his best winger, that's not good enough for Conor Mc, You know, If I'm running a team, I want more than that for my top line center. I like that Cassian a lot as a player. He can't be Conor McDavid's best winger. So that's yeah. the uh, that's the, the the situation here. They need a just as as uh, Yamamoto worked his way in as the third player on that line because Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle are so good. That needs to be the case in the top line as well. Yep. Yeah, okay. That's that's. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment to have. Mark, uh, we got Robin Brownlee coming up uh, to talk oh, yeah. uh, about a charitable initiative. I know you had a you traveled the many miles with Robin back in the yes, day. Sir. Yeah, he was on it, wasn't he, when he was on the beat? He was. He was a good beat man, and he used to be a lot of fun to go out with on the road, but I fear those days are long past. <laughs> there you, well, I, I, who knows? Like, who knows if we'll ever be – who knows what's – we have no idea what the next uh, year, year and a half is going to be like. Hey, uh, Speck, thanks for your time. All right, Bobby, take care. You bet. For the horses and horse racing Alberta, that is Mark Spector. Reminder, horse racing Alberta presenting live racing every Friday and Sunday evening. Spectators limited at this time, but you can go online at hbibet.com to watch and wager quickly into our injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, James Brown, the gang at... uh, James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. Brendan, anything uh, obviously coming back from the suspension tonight and playing for the Vegas Golden Knights will be Ryan Reeves. Uh, what else we got? Yeah, and in fact, he's the only member of the Golden Knights who uh, was on the injured list. Uh, ben Bishop unavailable for tonight's game two, as are Stephen Johns and Taylor Fadoon. Stamkos remains out indefinitely. Cal Clutterbuck day-to-day for the Islanders. Robin Brownlee when we return on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. I met our next guest uh, back in around 19, I don't know, geez, it would have been about 1989, 90, 90, 91, right around that time when I was doing Golden Bears football and hockey uh, play-by-play, and he'd come from, I believe, from Kamloops and uh, was working at the Edmonton Journal, or was it the Edmonton Sun initially? Uh, Robin Brownlee, who spent years as the beat writer on the uh, Oilers for the Edmonton Sun, uh, today is joining us to talk a bit about the Canada Life uh, Cup campaign. Robin, welcome back to the show. How you doing? Hey, I'm fine, Bob. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And, uh, hey, that spec was a little bit of fun, as you were talking about on the road. Uh, It was the journal when I first got here in 89 and the sun in 2000 to 2007. And so did you do, when did you start writing the Oilers? Was it in the late 90s and mid-90s? When about did you sort of focus on, uh, move off kind of like U of A, amateur sport beat and on to the Oilers? Well, I got lucky when I first came. I, I, I got here and started helping out Maddie with the Oilers right away, carrying his notepad around and and uh, trailing around behind him in 89. I, I covered uh, home that uh, last cup in 90. I uh, didn't do any traveling. Then uh, Speck moved into the beat full-time after that. And... Um, 
I took over, uh, or I got back on the beat in uh, 96-7 and uh, stayed there at the Journal until 2000 and went to 2007 uh, over at the Sun as their beat guy. So you got, uh, you know, the 97, 98 playoff, you know, a couple rounds of the playoffs those years, and obviously the 06 playoff run. Uh, What specifically stood out from you? When you think back to that 2006 playoff run, give me a couple things that you you really remember about, you know, sort of what was an incredible time for a lot of Edmonton, you know, spawned a whole generation of Edmonton Oilers fans, Robin. Well, I got to tell you, Bob, and you've, you've mentioned this, uh, more than enough, probably some people would say. But I remember uh, sitting with you, and, and we went on the air, and we talked about how the Edmonton Oilers were all wrong for the Detroit Red Wings, and that was going to be uh, a short series. Of, some people said three games, as I recall. And you know what? They just had something that didn't line up with the Red Wings. And then we saw that unfold as things went. Now, I wasn't sure about how far they'd go the rest of the way, depending on their matchups. But I remember you and I looked at each other and talked about this, and it came to pass. And the team just grew and grew. They started to believe it, too. And once the Red Wings were gone, they were rolling. And we know what happened at the end uh, with Rollison getting injured, uh, a blown lead. It was just watching a team come together and believe uh, that they could, they could win. It's a cliché. But we saw the players react to once they got that initial taste of success, they had that big horse pronger back there. Uh, Rollison was unconscious uh, until he got hurt. Uh, it was just a lot of fun because it was unexpected. Like that 90 cup, it was completely unexpected. You know, Robin, I'll never forget the look on Rem Murray and Todd Harvey's face after the Oilers lost Game 7. We were in that uh, brutal tunnel down uh, at ice level, uh, about yeah. 20, 25 feet away from the Oilers dressing room. They'd just given up the empty net goal to go down 3-1. And those guys knew they were never playing another game in the NHL. And to see it end like that, and the tears, it was, it, for those guys, it was like, you know, it was like being at a funeral. Like, it was, and it was, like, I don't mind telling you, it was hard for me to watch that with guys. Because, you know, you knew what it meant. Those guys were blood and gut and character guys. That's all they yeah. played in their career. That was that, that was one of the memories for me was just how hard. Like, you know what, with Pronger, he knew he was going to play another X amount of years, right? And a bunch of guys were young guys. Do you remember that? Just the look on Murray's face and, and Harvey's face? Yeah, that's, that was the thing. And, and it was the stone-cold silence that got me as well, Bob. And, you know, when you when you write the beat, and you, you know this now, you're there every day um, as a broadcaster, you know, you're, you're not pulling for these guys, but you get to know these guys. You know, you're, you pull for the good story. And the Oilers would have been as good a story as any to win the Cup that year, the way they got in. But you look at these guys, and you can look at certain guys, you know, this team, as it sat uh, that day, after that defeat, you knew that team was never going to be together again. Whether it was a guy like Pekka who wanted to get back east, uh, Samsonov, guys who were going to be gone. Uh, Pronger wasn't public at that point. But yeah, the, some of the journeyman guys who wouldn't be back, you think, man, you know, as the old uh, line goes, missed it by that much. And, and you feel for them. 
All right, Robin uh, Brownlee joining us right now. Robin, what exactly is the Canada Life Cup campaign? Bob, the Canada Life Cup campaign essentially is uh, hockey helps the homeless, uh, trying to come up with a fundraiser that takes the place of some of the funds uh, lost. Whether we're talking, you know, citywide, whether it's a golf tournament like SPEC has, uh, or, or the countless things that go on around the city that have been affected by COVID-19, that Hockey Helps the Homeless has grown a lot in the last couple years. Last year we split, uh, you know, 230K between uh, the Mustard Seed and the Jasper Place Wellness Center. What we've held over is we've got like 18 teams uh, of fundraisers. Nobody's playing hockey this year. That was done. The May tournament was canceled. So now what it's turned into is a fundraising contest between the teams. That's essentially it. There's not going to be a puck drop or a goal scored uh, to raise this money. But what we found, Bob, and it's, a, it's, a, it's really a double whammy and a lot of charities in town have felt it, We've lost a major fundraiser in the tournament at the same time as COVID-19 has forced demand for the very services that the mustard seed provides to go up. You've got people who've lost jobs. You've got more people showing up at shelters. We had uh, the expo center there, as you might recall, yeah. uh, that was serving people in the winter as a warm-up area, a place where they could sleep. That's now closed. And what do you see? We've got a camp down by Tellus Field or the ballpark, whatever it's called now. We've got another one that's popped up in Strathcona. Demand has gone through the roof and funds have dropped through the basement. So it's 18 teams trying to raise funds. Um, a lot of the teams are doing different things. Uh, you know, for instance, Matt Cassie and in a group at uh, Kiera out in Sherwood Park, they're playing a bubble hockey tournament, they're calling it, where live people are playing like an old table hockey game. They've got a line they can go up and down and a circle they can go in, and they've got to stay in that area. You can't even get people out to watch it, but what we're hoping is people will go to the Hockey Helps the Homeless website, you go under the sub-menu of, of East-West, you click the Edmonton tournament, and it'll tell you uh, all about uh, how to donate. You can pick out a player, you can pick out a team, or you can just hit the donate button and donate to the cause. Right now, it's about 120000 bucks, so it's not going to be what it was, but whatever is raised is desperately needed uh, to service the people that deal with the Mustard Seed uh, and Jasper Place Wellness Center. Now, this is going to go on all of September, is that right? Yeah, the, camp the campaign goes through the 30th. People on the website, like I say, there's teams there. You can you go to the website, you can search a player, or just go to donate. And there's prizes up. There's there's uh, a dinner for your entire team uh, for the players that are involved in the tournament with a couple of the Oilers alumni or a golf date uh, next spring. So it's internal prizing for the teams. They're all uh, have stayed around from the tournament. They just said, look, we're in. We're all in. Uh, we know we can't play. We'll go out. We'll try and raise funds. We'll have different events. Um, the bottom line is getting people to the website and, and raising those funds because we're seeing it now, like I said, with those camps, um, 
demand is up and fundraising is down right I feel for a lot of people out there and money's tough it's tough to get those donations now because there's a lot of businesses that have closed that aren't opening up again we all know the the financial landscape out there and it's not going to change for a while yet the people who need the help most um, are out on the streets uh, needing those services Robin, what's the website? You mentioned that people can reach out to a website. What's the uh, web address? www.hockeyhelpsthehomeless.com. It'll okay. bring you up to the main website. You go uh, under tournaments, and it'll say East and West, and Edmonton and Calgary and the Western Tournaments, Vancouver, will be in that drop-down menu. Click on uh, Edmonton, and it'll take you right to the Canada Life Cup. On that page, you're able to search out a team. If if somebody said to you, "Hey, I'm I, I, I'm part of this. I uh, I want to be involved," you can search a player by name, or you can just go to the donate button and give what you can. And hopefully, we get our goal is 150,000. Uh, we're we're moving along slowly, but it's tough sledding. And um, you know, guys like Cassian and uh, Ronnie Lowe was on the air the other day. He's still involved behind the scenes, but. What we're trying to do is raise that money without the actual games being played and um, people just taking the initiative to go to the website can make a real big difference to a lot of people. Robin, great stuff as always. Hey, we appreciate your time, okay? I appreciate your time, Bob. Thanks for having me on, eh? You bet. That's Robin Brownlee talking about the Canada Life Cup campaign. We will tell you... The cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. and we know that. That's the old saying. Outstanding customer service, that's the key to business. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of purchase, and they'll continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Bill, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin lend a hand. You can reach them at one 877 437 or go online at brentridge.com. A global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.